Hello and welcome. I am Laura Cragen, an intuitive eating and latter-day life coach. This podcast is for women who want to ditch diets, find body acceptance, and discover food freedom. As a fellow woman who wanted to lose weight for years, I know how it felt to be trapped by diet culture and at war with my body. Through my own hard work and struggles, I finally found a solution that helped me break free. The plan to get there Intuitive eating coupled with life-changing lessons of mindset overhaul and the gospel of Christ. I promise that as you follow these things I teach you here in this podcast, you will find happiness, peace, and most of all, freedom from the war with your body. So let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have Nikki Olson here. She is a powerhouse woman in the sense that I just was talking with her and I really felt, I really love to hear everything she said as, as she was talking, I just wanted to drink more of it in. And I think it's because my spirit needs this stuff and I know yours does too. So that's why I'm glad to have her here because we need to talk about the spiritual side of things. So welcome Nikki. To the Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having let's, me. So let's talk about you a little bit. Tell, tell them about you and who you are, what you do. Awesome. Yeah. So I am, my name's Nikki Olson. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor in the state of Utah. I'm from Blanding, Utah, down in the four corners area. And during the day I work for Utah Navajo health systems as a mental health therapist there on the Utah, Utah portion of the Navajo reservation. And then at night I do run a coaching business called Nikki Olson coaching, where I help, um, faithful women be able to remove their internal barriers and battles to connecting to God themselves and others. I love that. It's, I, I didn't realize y'all had the day job. We didn't I talk do, about yes. that before. That's, <laughs> oh, okay. You're surprising me more. Just like I was saying before you, you do so much. Yeah. And- I'm too, I also have married and have two daughters, so it stays busy. <laughs> You're amazing. I just always knew as I, as we, I started following you maybe like two years ago, like, I just, I just know I would like really like her once we talk to each other. So I'm really glad to have you here. So let's start off with the main overall thing that you do and what is the foundation of your coaching program and how you help women I'd love for them to do it because I loved hearing it too. (laughs) Yes. No problem. No problem. So I I should kind of tell a little bit about my story too, how I came into coaching because I had absolutely no intentions of ever being a coach or doing anything different. I have a wonderful job. I love my job. Um, But then I started really learning, well, I should back up. I'm a convert to the church. So I joined the church when I was 19 years old and I had no premise of religion before that. And so reading the scriptures, saying my prayers was something that was just different and not natural to me. <laughs> so about six or seven years ago, I, I wanted to know how to do that better, right? Like know how to connect better to God. So I started studying and wanted to learn how to receive better revelation. And of course, when you receive better revelation, God's going to direct you in a certain way. Right. And so I started feeling this pull and this call to do something more, um, than I was doing with therapy and to, I didn't know what it was, but I just kind of acted and moved forward. And what it sort of turned into is this, um, uh, taking the therapy modality that I was using, um, with all of my clients, because we live in a, a very rural area, 
I had to find something that helped with everything. We don't have the ability to refer out any clients. It's like five hour drive for any referral. So, and nobody's going to do that. So you just have to work with everything that you have, every crisis that falls in your lap every single day, you have to deal with it. And so I found a modality called mind body bridging that I just really loved because it helped with all aspects. I could have someone with trauma or with suicide or with domestic violence or anxiety, and I could use this one modality with them. And so it was really, really helpful. Well, as I started using this, I started wanting to look through it with the lens of the gospel. And as I did that, I saw so much truth in it, in the scriptures. Like I was looking up scriptures about thoughts and mindset and how does this work and how does this tie in? And what I recognize that the the premise behind mind body bridging is that we have our mind and we have our body, right? And when our mind and bodies and our spirits are connected and whole, then we have kind of every power that we need to have in that moment, because we're, we're functioning in a whole state. And the scriptures talk about that being called perfection. Perfection is a wholeness. It's a connectedness. And so when we're mind, our bodies and our spirits are connected, then we're in a state where we're connected to the Holy ghost. We're connected to the savior, our heavenly parents and our, and our own piece of divine DNA that's inside of us, like our true divine self. Right. And if somebody's connected to all of those powers, we can pretty much do anything we want to do, right? Because we have access to every power that we need. The problem becomes that we live in a world where it's a fallen world, a fallen, and we have fallen bodies and um, we have a natural man inside of us. And that natural man serves a purpose and it's what creates the opposition inside of us. So we have agency to choose. It's part of the plan, but it's hard to live with. It's hard when that natural man wakes up inside of us and causes us to disconnect. And that's where the the bridging part comes back in is where we need to bridge back together because of the natural man disconnecting us. Um, And so that's kind of the premise behind my, my coaching is I teach women how to recognize when those barriers are coming in. Well, also when we're in that disconnected state, we're without God. Scriptures talk about the natural man being an enemy to God just means an opposing force means without God. And so we don't receive revelation in that state. Mm -hmm. And I have this firm belief that revelation is the key to surviving spiritually in this world, that if we don't receive revelation and we're not, we have things getting in the way of us receiving revelation, right? I think a lot of times women think that the thing getting in the way of them receiving revelation is they don't read the scriptures enough or they don't say their prayers. I'm not saying those things aren't important, but what I'm saying is our mental health has a lot more to do with why we aren't receiving revelation than just doing more and checking more things off of our list. And so I help women identify those mental barriers to receiving revelation and being able to hear him more in their lives. I love that. I even read that this morning right now on I think it's even much right here. Just present Nelson on the back of this, this uh, edition of the general conference addresses, you know, on the very back, it's him holding his arms out. And he's kind of talking about that. There's this light, this good and this evil right now. And that we, there's never been a time where we need this positive spiritual momentum more than ever. So 
like you're saying the natural man, and maybe it's even amping up for a lot of women is what you're saying. So I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you a question. Um, you said it's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And is it because of the sense that it, without that, there would not be agency. It's mm-hmm. just that second side of the natural man. It's if we choose to use that steering wheel, the agency to guide to the wrong spot that is wrong. Right. Tell me more about. Yeah. So when we're in the natural man state is when you look up the natural man in the guide to the scriptures, it says it's a choice to be in the natural man state that we can choose whether to return back to God in that moment, or we can choose to stay there. And what it says is if we stay there, that we open ourselves up to the temptation of Satan. So that's when Satan can then play with us, quote or quote, right? Just like mess with us in the, in that term. Right. Yeah, and right. so we, we choose to stay in the natural man. Then we choose to allow Satan to have influence over us, but a choosing to return back to God in that moment, the scriptures define as repentance. Mm-hmm. The, the definition of repentance is a returning, a turning of mind back to God. So every time we get triggered into our natural man state, doesn't mean that we necessarily made a choice to sin to get there. It can be our thoughts that trigger us there and that we're not necessarily punished for the thoughts that we're having, but we can continue to stay in that state. And then that becomes a choice that we then can have consequences for if we choose to stay there, but it's a choice to return back and repent. Right. And mm-hmm. feel, be, feel connected to God again. Yeah. It's all about change. I really love this, how it's been uncovered over the years. Repentance isn't that, isn't what we originally thought it to be. It is just turning back to God and the change within us. And a lot of what you're saying really feels like with what I work with women, with helping them stop objectifying their body. And when they, this starts to splinter their identity, like you're saying are the natural man And then who we are truly to be with God, if we couple ourselves with him, but when we choose to use that steering wheel to go towards these other thoughts and even to the behaviors, then, because it really starts with the thoughts of the body dysmorphia is where I feel like all of this really starts right for women, but then it starts to lead into more of the diets, more, even just the disordered eating or the pseudo dieting and not just so formal dieting, formal dieting, or just the constantly being degrading to themselves in their mind, um, give or take and make a flow, but it, it makes them, it, then I think that maybe, like you said, if it stays in that position for so long, um, it, then they are able to choose the better of what could be on yeah. the side to then I feel like they could be playing on a bit, whole different playing field in their life when they're actually connected in this in themselves because self-concept is everything correct it'll be it'll affect all these relationships around them with with how they present themselves with their calling with how they are at work and if they're all if they're really swimming in that sea of the objectification really feeling like that's all that people see of me as an object and that's what I'm good for or not because they don't feel like they're enough that they can't then actually go and fulfill whatever purpose that is for them. And I think it all comes down to us preparing for Christ to come serving others, people and, um, preparing for Christ to come are my two things of usually what I talk about on the podcast here of 
really what fires their, their light inside them. So in fulfilling their own purpose, but so, um, anything else that you could say about what you do with this mind body bridging, or I guess, Oh, the roadblocks, I think that's what you were talking about before. I definitely knew I want to talk about that. That's right. So let's go into that. You talked about the triggers, um, knowing God knows the future, the shoulds that we end up doing to ourselves. Tell me more about those roadblocks. And yeah. And this kind of ties in with what you were saying is that a lot of times we think it's the circumstances of our lives that, um, cause us to act or react or feel in a certain way. Right. But it's really our thoughts about those situations. Like you were saying is that, Uh, body dysmorphia, you know, eating disorders, anything in that realm has to do with our perspective and our thoughts about those situations. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that triggers our natural man to turn on is us asserting our will to God, us saying it should be this way. My life should be this way. I should have this, this should turn out this way. I should feel this way. This person should do this, whatever the should is right. Way this much. My body should be this. I should look this way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or I should, um, only have, I should only crave good foods, right. I should only healthy (laughs) foods, things like that. Those requirements that we have for life about how we think it should go, aren't going to go that way. A hundred percent of the time. Right. And then when it doesn't go that way, what the natural man then tells us is that it's because there's something wrong with us inherently. The job, the job description of the natural man is to make us feel like there's something inherently wrong with us. Because the opposite of that is what God wants to make us feel, which is we are whole and loved and valuable and worthy no matter what. Right. So the job of that um, natural man is supposed to make us feel that way. So if we feel that way, we feel broken, then what do we want to do? Fix it. Right. So then we go on this journey of fixing it. Right. So it could be, okay, I, I'm going to only eat these certain types of foods, or I'm going to, um, you know, and only eat vegetables, which all those things aren't inherently bad, but we're doing them for the reason of, of feeling damaged or broken. And we aren't inherently damaged or broken. And so we'll never succeed or feel satisfied in that effort. So then we feel like we need to do more of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is what fuels this system. And so that blocks us from the reality of where we need to be. When we're in the natural man state, we are disconnected from God. We're disconnected from God's power, God's revelation, um, God's guidance, right? And what we need very most in our lives is to talk to somebody who can see the future, right? If we can talk to somebody who knows exactly what, what's best for our lives and has seen where our life goes, the savior has literally atoned for every experience that we've ever had. So if we can learn to, um, hear through the spirit, what the savior really wants us to know. Right. And the savior is our advocate to our heavenly parents. And so this, this team, this, we have this team right behind us yes. that can really guide us and have, have our back in every situation and know what's best for us. Cause our job here on earth, isn't to try to find our way through, uh, the, it, for the easiest way. Like our job isn't to find the easiest path. Our job is to, because of the experiences that we have, develop a stronger relationship with each member of the Godhead. 
that if we can learn to hear them, right. President Nelson is always talking about hearing him. And I believe that to be, you know, the spirit the savior and, and hearing what our heavenly father wants to t- wants us to know in this. Right. And that if we can remove the barriers to accessing that information, we have power to do everything, right? We have that, we have the dream team right behind us. And so understanding the mental barriers that keep us from accessing the dream team to help us navigate this life and become a whole unit together, strengthened in a relationship. That's the goal. Right. It sounds like the beliefs, these paradigms that we, it's like our operating system. If we are operating in that system, um, like you were saying, for the, for an example's sake, vegetables in order for this, for the listeners in this podcast like that, um, you know, yeah, vegetables are not inherently bad at all. Especially with intuitive eating. A lot of people think I'm never eating vegetables again, but that's the thing. It's just, um, when you're on the operating system from before where you only had to eat vegetables, maybe Mm -hmm. because something was wrong with you, right? Like you were eating the vegetables because you were broken. Right. And you have to, force your will. Like you're really not looking towards God's will, what your body is genetically made to be. I talk about it as my genetic blueprint. Yeah. Um, and I've talked about before of, you know, I have an English bulldog and he is just stocky roly poly dude. He is yeah. so cool that way. We like him all the better for that. That's why he's bred that way. <laughs> and yes. that we, he doesn't, we don't, he doesn't try to go be like his golden doodle friends that are all around us. They're the Utah state dog, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he, no matter what he does, he's not going to be like that. So, I mean, that's then to go to this spiritual side with what you're talking about, which can honestly be a pattern. It seems like for everything that these women are doing with these buffers necessarily that maybe it isn't the thing itself. That's the buffer, like the vegetables, it's exactly the way you're operating with it. And the intention behind it, the belief system and paradigm schema, all those mm-hmm. things, like it's really the quite- state that you're in. Right. And so tell me more, I guess what you were, t- what we talked about a little bit before this state that you're in, what mm-hmm. is the ideal state that we're looking for and how we do that? And we've kind of talked about it, but yeah. yeah. So in the, in spiritual terms, we talk about it as the natural man influencing us. That's the state we don't want to be in. Right. And when I um, teach this to my clients as uh, in a therapy modality, who's someone who isn't spiritual, we call that state, the identity system, because it's a system that's giving us a false sense of identity. It's telling us um, who we are based on the thoughts that we have. And we are so much more than our thoughts. Like if I think that Um, the ground is purple. It doesn't turn the ground purple just because I thought it was purple. Right. (laughs) But somehow we believe everything we think about ourselves is becomes truth when we're in this state, right? When this, this, we're never going to get rid of the natural man. It's a part of us. It's a part of the plan of salvation. But the term I use is putting it to sleep. If it's at rest, then it's like uh, the cloud sort of dissipates over us. Right. And that we're able to then be in the spiritual terms, I call it your true divine self. Like your true divine self is somebody is your, your divine DNA that your heavenly parents gave you inside of you. It's your, your earthly body. 
It's a connection with the Holy Ghost, the Savior, and your heavenly parents, like the dream team. You're all connected, like you're there together, and we're just moving forward together. In um, just therapy terms, we call it your true self, your true authentic self, just who you are meant to be, who you really are. Yes. So it's that dream team. You feel like with women um, receiving that revelation of what they're trying to tell us. And like you were saying earlier, it's they, I mean, God knows the future of what's really going to be for our best interest and all the better to ask him because he knows and we just yeah. don't access that power. Mm-hmm. So when you do see, so we've talked a lot about that side of it, where women are really struggling. Yeah. You finally see them come out and into that light. Tell me how it changes them and what you see in the change. Yeah. All of that. What's all yeah. happening finally when they make the change. Yes. Well, I can tell you for my own life, personally, we mentioned at the beginning, just feeling like just think about all the things that are on my plate on a daily basis, right? Like on, on one spectrum, I'm at work and trying to keep somebody alive. Right. And wondering if they're going to leave my office and be alive. Right. Like it's a pretty stressful situation to be in. And then I come home and um, take care of my kids and the house and my husband, and then also have a business, you know, all of those things. And what I learned was it's not about what I think should be getting done. It's about prioritizing my day through the spirit. So what I notice for my life, when I'm in this state, all of those things don't matter except for the one thing that God wants me to be working on. So when I'm in this, in my true divine self, I don't feel the pressure and the load that's on me because at every moment, every second I'm being influenced by the spirit. And I know that if I act in that state and do exactly what the spirit wants me to do, no matter what happens, it was for the best. Like it was the best possible decision, right? I know where my time is best spent because I'm talking to somebody who knows the future, right? Knows what, where my time is not best spent, but I'm also knowing how to help the people that are in front of me. So God or the savior has also atoned for the people that I'm talking to right? The savior knows exactly what that person in front of me needs. So if I'm in tune with the spirit, then I also know exactly how to, what words to say, right? Like, or not to say, or what actions to take or what actions not to take in that moment. And I'm not saying I'm in that state hundred percent of the time. It's not possible. But when I am, I feel like I can, um, be in connection with anybody and know how to help them. If I can stay in that state, which doesn't happen all the time, (laughs) if I can. Yeah. And because there's a reason you were put together, God knows that you have something to give them, which is very clear. If you have these two platforms for you of working in an office and on your own time at night in the coaching world, which I love um, that God is doing, using you as an instrument. I've been thinking a lot lately about the stewardship principle, and this sounds a lot like it where we're not in charge of the result, but yeah. we are in charge of, um, of being the gas to make something happen and yep. trying our best. And, um, it sounds like what you're saying as you're in that state of mind and in that di- like you said, divine self, mm-hmm. um, that you are finally operating that way where, you know, what's probably best you, the next right thing happen is going to be yes. presented and what you need to do. 
Of yeah. course, it's not always, it, it just, maybe you won't feel an answer, but sometimes that is your answer of God is okay with you doing whatever feels best right now. And then he'll sometimes come in and it's more of that first one than the second. So have you yeah, and I think too, like, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't necessarily make things turn out the way you want them to turn out. Right. Which is also the thing that being in that state helps you with is accessing that enabling power of Christ. So that enabling power of Christ is to deal with when other people use their agency in ways that hurts us or hurts other people that we love. It it's a power that, that enables us to go through that. Right. Or, or when, our bodies or other people's bodies are inflicted with, with a disease or pain in a way that we have no control over that, that it's accessing that enabling power to feel the negative emotions that we need to feel and not blocking them out. Um, or being able to feel the strength to do something that you thought impossible to do in any circumstance, because you have that, that access to somebody who's giving you extra power. Um, I talk about, it's the concept of yoking to Christ, right? The yoke, when we step in that yoke together with Christ, you can do immeasurably more than you could possibly do on your own, right? It's not a matter of handing over your life to Christ and having Christ do the work. It's about stepping into that yoke and together doing that work together. I love that. That's a really good visual, especially for people like me that are visual learners. And I have heard that before. I just haven't touched on that in a while. And um, definitely pieces that I have thought for myself with my story and how much I've gone through too in my past of somehow, for lack of a better word, that magic of him, he comes in and he helps you know what to say. Mm -hmm. Somehow I go through the day and I feel at the end of the day, oh, I I actually did it. And I actually, um, it was a little bit, it was a little bit better than yesterday. I was a little bit more and, um, just those small changes and even, um, yeah, it's all the things together that he, that somehow in our mind that we can, I guess we're kind of, I guess, in what way do you feel like we communicate? With him, maybe we'll have this be our last thing of talking about this revelation side. You we've talked about the roadblocks a lot mm-hmm. and the change that you frankly do, and then now we're into the revelation. That's a lot of what your program is. Yeah. Uh, which anyone who's listening should definitely go and check out what she does. Um, yeah. but tell me about that revelation. Yeah. So I have two kind of aspects of my coaching. One is the the removing the roadblocks that keep you from receiving that revelation. Then I have another program called the spiritual survival course that also has my, um, revelation journal with it. And that teaches you the skills of how can, what are the things that I need to do in my life to, um, maybe learn to have a conversation? How can I build a relationship with Christ rather than just check prayer off my list? Right. How can I, um, learn to hear him more in my life. And what are the strategies to be connected with God throughout the day, rather, rather than just like a a morning routine that connects me with God. And then 
God's on the back burner, right? And then I'm just going to go throughout my day and then come back. And so I have kind of three aspects of that was, is building a relationship, learning to hear him and then consistent spiritual habits, not a consistent spiritual routine, but a consistent spiritual habits that you can do throughout the day. Um, and I have a, a revelation journal that I feel like God helped me to kind of come to it's, it's some strategies that I use when I want to connect with God and ponder and meditate with God and receive answers and a way of, um, kind of, uh, in, encapsulating your revelations, but also a way to approach prayer in a way that is influenced by the Holy ghost that we're in. Um, if you look up prayer in the gospel, uh, topics, essays, it talks, no, gospel topics, studies. What is that? Gospel topics, essays. Yeah. That's the essays. So, um, talks about prayer needs to be influenced by the Holy ghost. We need to be influenced about knowing what to pray for. So we need to have a moment and ponder before we pray to know what to pray for. It's and also it's learning to ask better questions in your prayers, right? If we're just putting out, um, I call it the drive-through order prayer like where we go in and we just put in what we want. We put in this order expecting to go to the next window and get what we ordered. Right. And that's not what prayer is. It's not a drive-through order. It's about building a relationship. Um, and, and understanding how we can, we can change our prayers to build that relationship and align our will with God and be able to receive the answers that God wants us to have, not just to be able to assert our will in prayer. Oh, that's so wonderful. That's a practical way to help women. Cause I fall into that too. Sometimes of drive through order and it really, it's, it's not, it's actually, we can do a whole different way. Like what you're saying. It's. And so when women are finally open to that, like you said, it really helps. It seems like all three of those things you said, the build the relationships, learning to hear him and spiritual habits, they interweave with each other because as you're yeah. spiritual habits, you're helping build the relationship as you're learning right. to hear him. You're it's probably because you've done some spiritual habits, but I like that you've sounds like the spiritual habits are what people usually think is the go-to, right? Mm-hmm. But there are mm-hmm. other portions that are deeper, the building the relationship one, which I really think I like the best because yeah. Um, as I've grown to learn, um, with here on this podcast that we have a relationship with ourselves and with our food. And Mm -hmm. that's the basis of what I do too, is the healing, the relationship with ourself and our food and that by accessing that relationship with Christ and he's that fills that hole in our heart and makes, Mm -hmm. makes us feel enough. And you're doing that too, I think to then, um, help remove those barriers with women. So I love this work you're doing and any last thoughts you'd like to share on and what, and tell, tell us, tell us about what you do, where they can go to get the journal, what you do in your course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So everything that I do can get on Nikki Olson coaching.com. It's N I K I O L S E N. Um, and yeah, I, I also have a podcast. It's called the meaningful minutes podcast. And I, Yeah. So I talk a lot about these same concepts. I have a whole uh, episode on the drive-through order prayer. (laughs) So people can listen to that. Um, And then I do um, open my, uh, I call, I have a removing roadblocks to revelation group coaching program where um, I really feel like the magic is getting women together 
and recognizing that they're not alone. I have this unique um, experience where I get to hear about women's lives and recognize and realize that we're, we're all the same in a lot of the struggles we have. And yet everyone feels alone and like they're the only one experiencing that. And so when we can get together as a group of women and learn these mental health skills to remove those mental barriers, then we can not only just learn the skills, but, but that camaraderie together with other women and recognizing we're not alone is so powerful. Um, and then I have my spiritual survival course that's on there. And then my seeking personal revelation journal, um, is also a way that it walks you through how to have those spiritual habits, um, Mm -hmm. that connect you with God throughout the day. Great. I'm going to, we're going to put a lot of that in the show notes too, so they can go to it quickly and get that explanation though. I love that. I love that. Hopefully they'll join with that program that you have, because that's where the magic is of being together too. Like you're saying, it really is. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping for future to do the same, especially change and overhaul, like intuitive eating to have women all together. But I think women really need this right now. Um, and I wish I would have known it before and I've loved your podcast. So go listen to her, but thank you so much for being here today. And it was really good to talk to you, even just coach to coach, just sister to sister. Yes. Talk about these things that really matter and that, um, connect us. I feel like I've talked to you long ago. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I just, I love chatting. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope today's show filled your soul and gave you the direction you were searching for in your health, life, and relationship with God. I would love to stay connected. Subscribe to my podcast so that you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. And it would mean so much to me if you would rate and review this podcast just down below. Your words inspire me and give me that boost to create more inspiring content to share. I would love to meet you on social media. Find me on Instagram and Facebook. Also, if this show really inspired you today, take a screenshot to share it on social media and tag me or click the share button to give it to someone else that would also benefit from these spirit-filled discussions. Let us all spread the good word of the gospel of Christ and help others in any way we can. Thank you again for listening today, and I look forward to connecting with you.